Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill, and this is, well, the finale of this two-parter of Pandemic. And for those of you listening for the first time, no, I'm not talking about the pandemic we went through. I'm talking about the pandemic that is going on in South Park with guinea pigs. So... Last episode was left kind of on a cliffhanger, and we now know, going into this, that Craig is the only one who can save humanity, pretty much, and Craig really doesn't care to be here. That's pretty much the gist of it. Um, I talked about how this was a parody in parts of the movie Cloverfield, which I talked about in the previous episode. And uh, that's really all you need to know to get uh, ready for this. So uh, with that said, let's dive into this episode. It is Pandemic 2, The Startling. The episode was written and directed by Trey Parker and originally aired October 29th, 2008. Unfortunately, it is not considered a Halloween episode, so doggone it. So, we get a brief clip recap of what happened in the last episode, basically the last couple of minutes of the episode, and then we get this nice intro from Craig. Let's go to the clip. My name is Craig Tucker. Last week was my birthday. My grandma gave me a check for $100. I was so happy. But then, four kids from school came to my house and said I should use my $100 to invest in becoming a Peruvian flute band. They promised I would double my money in one afternoon, but the government arrested us, along with all the other Peruvian flute bands, and took us to an internment camp in Miami. We begged to go home, but instead, the government told us they were sending us to Peru. And so, that is why I am now in Peru. If I die, let it be known that it is because four guys I don't even like from school lied to me and took my birthday money. We didn't lie, Craig. Okay, so now we are at the episode. So, uh, they have landed in Peru, and they are to meet with military people. Except, there's a problem. There's no military people. So, basically, the five guys, along with the pilot and the other captain who flew to Peru, got into a, a, basically a false rendezvous point. So, they are, at the moment, stuck in Peru because they don't have enough gas to get everybody back. Meanwhile, Randy is at home with Sharon and Shelly. They're both okay for the time. Well, all three of them are okay for the time being. Although I do wonder about the grandpa. We don't see him in this episode. Is he okay? Anyway, there are guinea pigs still roaming around and they are destroying pretty much the entire world, like New York, Paris, London, you name it, 
it's being destroyed. So, what I liked about this episode is how they were able to go back and forth. And the best way they did it was using the camera and how, like, whenever Randy was done, you know, you'd get that sound and then go back to the boys. And it, it would be like, it'll be like this for the duration of the episode. So, back in Peru, the guys are walking through what looks like uncharted territory. It's somewhere that nobody's really ever been to. And they see giant peaches, giant apples, and these giant guinea pig nests. Like homes, basically. Um, so then they get to a part where it looks like maybe it's a honeycomb and the military captains get eaten up meanwhile back at homeland security michael shirtoff is going through the plans and asks if the peruvian bands have been sent to guantanamo bay and they have not been sent and he gets upset and he's like they should have been taken last night why aren't they there and one of the guardsmen is like you didn't have to yell at me, sir. So then, uh, we see Randy, Shelley, and Sharon. They run to a bus to try to hide, but the guinea pigs are there. And Randy, being Randy, gets out, gets film footage of the giant guinea pigs on top of a bus. And this is driving Sharon crazy. So now the five boys are they found what seems to be a giant you know like temple uh, basically a, a lost temple and they go in and they read the markings on the wall the drawings on the wall and you see bit by bit everything that has happened up to this point and then they see something. They see Craig on this on the wall. And it's like, wait a minute. What is he supposed to do? And they think that maybe Craig um, is the one that can, you know, fix this. And Craig's like, no, I don't want to do it. I really just don't want to do it. So meanwhile, back in South Park, we see that the Marshes have met up with the Stotch family. And even Butters is there, who gives a quick hi. And then they hear a new noise. This is a different type of noise. So they run from the roof down into the store. And then they go out of the store. They're at a Best Buy, by the way. And then they see it. Giant guinea pigs! It's a guinea pig in a costume. I think you guys will get that. And now we've got trouble. Because not only do we have giant guinea pigs, we have giant guinea bees. And now we have another... We have more problems now with that. So they eventually get to the Outback Steakhouse where, you know, now we see... A giant 
guinea dinosaur. And then at the grocery store, we see a giant guinea mouse. And everyone is just scared. They're petrified. I mean, wouldn't you, you know, if you saw a giant guinea dinosaur and a giant guinea mouse? Just saying. So the boys go further into this temple, and there is this beautiful, beautiful waterfall. And it looks brand new. It's like it's never been touched before. And Craig stops following him. And he's like, I don't want to do this. I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to go home. I'm leaving. I'm not following you anymore. So we get kind of this funny scene where um, Craig leaves. And then Stan follows. Then Kyle follows. Then Carmen and Kenny follow. And they try to get him to come back. And he's like, nope. Look. Nope, not looking. You are boring. Yes. Yes, I am boring. I know. So, <laughs> now they're walking away from this problem. And then we see that Michael Shirtoff is getting ready to go to Peru for something that's going to happen. Meanwhile, Stan is... ...where she is about to go crazy, apeshit crazy, and it looks like she's about to kill him, and just takes the camera away from Randy. So now, Shirtoff has made it to Machu Picchu. And you know what? I'm going to talk about Machu Picchu real quick before I finish the rest of this. So Machu Picchu is in India. It is in the Cuzco region. It was founded circa 1450 and was abandoned in 1572 while the Inca civilization was around. It was declared in 1981 a Peruvian historic sanctuary and a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1983. In 2007, Machu Picchu was voted one of the new seven wonders of the world in a worldwide internet poll. The others being the Great Pyramid of Giza, the Great Wall of China, Petra, the Colosseum in Rome, the Chican Itza, the Taj Mahal, and Christ the Redeemer in Brazil. Um, it is located on the eastern cordillera of southern Peru on a mountain range of over 2,400 meters or 7,970 feet. Uh, for most speakers of English or Spanish, the first C in Pichu is silent. So keep that in mind. Most archaeologists believe that Machu Picchu was constructed as an estate for the Inca Emperor Pachacuti, often mistakenly referred to as the Lost City of the Incas. It is the most familiar icon of Inca civilization. The Incas built the estate around 1450, but abandoned it a century later at the time of the Spanish conquest. Although known locally, it was not known to the Spanish during the colonial period and remained generally unknown to the world or to the outside world until American historian Hiram Bingham brought it to it, the inter, or brought it to international attention in 
11. So now that they are at Machu Picchu, uh, Michael Shertoff decides to take a whiz on a statue. Because, you know, that's going to totally backfire in this. So the boys, after walking for so long through what seems like most of Peru, makes it to Machu Picchu. And Shertoff is like, what are they doing? They sh these kids should be killed. They escaped. And a couple of the soldiers were there, ready to shoot. And then the boys are explaining that this is all basically a prophecy, for the most part, of what happens. And one of the soldiers shoots Shertoff, but doesn't really affect him because he's not what he really seems to be. Because, in fact, he is a Guinea pirate. <gasps> yes, he's a Guinea pirate. And Craig, I love Craig where he's like, look, I just want to go back. I really, I, I don't want to mess with your plans. I'm just going to go. So as he's walking, he walks onto this stone and a laser shoots from the statue onto the platform and he rises up a little bit and there's lasers coming out of Craig's eyes and he's like, okay, now there are sparks shooting out of my eyes. Um, and this basically takes the guinea pirate down. And when it's all said and done... Craig is just like, well, can't control everything. You, you really just can't. And then we get Craig's final words from this episode, and uh, believe me, they are quite some final words. My name is Craig Tucker. Last week, I stopped the Giddy Pirates from taking over the Earth. All the Peruvian flute bands were released and drove the guinea creatures back to the Andes Mountains. Many people had died, but mankind had prevailed. All over the world, survivors were found, living witnesses to the terror that had been seen. Here, here, look, look! What the... oh, oh, I didn't have a tape in it! The guinea pirate lived, but was taken to prison to live out the rest of his days. And people all over the world learned to support their local Peruvian flute bands and buy their CDs, for they protect us from the guinea creatures. As for me, I was returned home by Homeland Security. My parents were so happy. I realized that we don't always have control over what happens to us. We are but players on the stage of life. And I also learned to never listen when people come asking you for money. Okay, so Craig slammed the door on the four guys after they're dressed as mariachi band players, and that gets them very upset, and they're like, screwed Craig. And you'd think, that's the end of the episode, but it's not, because at Homeland Security, we're told that Michael Shertoff, the Guinea pirate, has escaped. And we see him in prison clothes, and that is the end of Pandemic 2, The Startling. 
Now, before I give my thoughts on this episode, I do want to mention the song that was being played towards the end of the episode. It was a Peruvian pan flute cover of the song Cars by Gary Newman. Now, this song uh, was released in 1979, but he had a music video that came along with it, and it actually became one of the first big music videos at the time. So, the single was released on August 21st, 1979, and it did pretty good on the charts from 1979 to 1980. In the UK, it made it all the way to number one. On the US Billboard Hot 100, it made it all the way to number nine. And in Canada, it also made it to number one. In the year-end charts, it was number 73 in Australia, five in Canada, 18 in the UK, and 12 in the United States. Believe it or not, this song made the charts again in the UK seven years later, where it made it to number 16. It also made it to number 23 in Ireland. Then it gets re-released again in 1993, where it makes it to number 53. And then it gets released one more time in 1996, where it makes it to number 17. Now, in 1999, a cover of this song was released by uh, industrial rock alternative metal group Fear Factory. And this was released in August of 1999. It made it to number 16 on the U.S. rock chart, mainstream rock chart, and 38 in the alternative songs ranking. So, this song has been used many, many times, and obviously we hear it at the end of this episode. Uh, as far as this episode goes, not as good as the previous one, although I do like the Cars song at the end. It's kind of a funny, you know, way to close this episode out, close the two-parter out. Um, it has its good moments, I, I will say that. So I'm gonna give this. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a seven. It's gonna be on the low end of a seven, but I think seven's a good grade for this episode. Okay, so one note that I or a couple of notes I did not mention uh, for this episode: the subplot in which the giant guinea pigs attack a small town is a parody of Night of the Lepus. The guinea pig costumes were purchased online, and according to the creator commentary, the guinea pigs used in filming refused to move when put into the costumes, and it took hours of filming to get one usable shot for the episode. The Guinea Valley, where the guinea pig monsters originate, is a parody of Land of the Giants and Land of the Lost, referenced to in the episode as Land of the Giants Lost World. The AV Club gave this episode a C minus, stating that was too damn long to tell a story with so little substance and so few real laughs. Kind of like Cloverfield. Maybe that was the point. 
Alright, let's go to IMDB, see what they thought of this episode. Almost 2,000 people have rated this episode. And the average rating for this is a 7.9 out of 10. To put it into context, 627 people gave this an 8. 350 people gave it a 7. That's the grade I'm giving it. 373 gave it a 10. And 37 people gave it a 1. For males, the average rating was a 7.8 with its highest demographic being 18 to 29 with a rating of 8. And the average rating for females was a 7.8 with its highest demographic being 18 to 29 again with an 8.1 rating. So now that I put that in, let's see what people from IMDb thought of this and there actually are not that many reviews this week so I guess we'll go in well well let's see if rain how long okay rain dog juniors might not be too bad so let's start with rain dog junior I haven't read him in a while I saved my time to watch this episode because certainly I'm following the second and last run of season 12 but also because I really liked and enjoyed last week, Pandemic, and it ended in a really great way, so for sure I was waiting for a great and really bizarre conclusion. Pandemic 2, The Startling, was for me a good episode. Not a really great one, yet I just loved some things of it. Basically, there are no surprises. In the end of Pandemic, we know that Craig somehow is the only hope to end with the monstrous guinea pigs and in the beginning of Pandemic 2, the startling thanks to him, we are in context with this bizarre story. As I write, there are no surprises in the way to know why Craig is quite important. Basically, this episode has three sections. The boys and Craig in Peru, the actions of the Homeland Security leader, and Randy recording what's happening in South Park with the monstrous guinea pigs. The section of the boys and Craig in Peru goes straight to the point. Once we know why why Craig is important, is only a matter of time. And it's thanks to Craig's words that we laugh and, of course, are great those ancient drawings are the, on the pro, of the prophecy. The actions of the Homeland Security leader are not a surprise for us, but, of course, are a total surprise for his men and are hilarious. He is not worried for the guinea pigs, but just for getting rid of the Peruvian pan flute bands. The Blair Witch Project-Cloverfield dash wreck like section is for me the best and one that delivered more laughs once again we are watching what happens in south park with the guinea pigs via randy's camera it's just brilliant the scene in which we watch how the thing really things are we're not watching anymore via randy's camera so there's not more the excitement i love the guinea pigs just very cute but just pure evil but more cute once we watch guinea bees guinea bunnies etc is just great and obvious that the most evil has to be the cutest guinea pirate and the great ending basically craig does learn something very important check the boys dressed like mariachis randy didn't record anything hell all of the danger he had to record the events was not rewarded and the guinea pirate free okay let's go to gangsta hippie with his part two thoughts Pandemic Part 2 may or may not be the conclusion of, to these episodes. If you watch the ending, it seems to end on a good note. However, we then see strong evidence supporting a third part. 
I will not spoil the ending. I personally hope there is not third part. It worked for Imagination Land, because those were very entertaining and good episodes. These were just like any average South Park episode. The story of this episode basically continues as the boys go through a jungle in Peru trying to find a way out, and also showing the guinea pigs attacking South Park, while Randy films it on camera, much like the movie Cloverfield. Pandemic 2 is a pretty entertaining and good episode. It could be the conclusion, or there could be another part. Hopefully not in my opinion. Well, gangsta hippie, you know that there isn't. Finally, this review from Brian-Linton1, who wrote, Hello from 2019. I watched this two-parter today, and I found it to be another solid entry. I liked Randy's antics with the video camera as well as the guinea pigs, with the spoof of Cloverfield-type disaster movies. I only rated it 8, gave it 8 stars out of 10, because I'm a huge South Park fan, and this is in relation to other episodes. I also gave the first part an 8 because I viewed this as one episode split across 42 minutes. Alright, fair enough. So it seems like the second part not favored as well as the first part. That's how I take it. Well, that will do it for this episode. You can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97, pardon me. And you can join the show's Facebook group, Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. You type that in the search bar right there and you are good to go. If you can't find it, it's okay. I put the link in the description of each and every episode. Well... Next time around, we are all witnesses to history, as it is the day after the 2008 presidential election between Barack Obama and John McCain. But they do more than just whatever happens on election night. Next time around, I'll be reviewing About Last Night. That is the next episode here on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am Bill, thank you for tuning in, and I'll talk to you all next time.